elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 363. My name is J.J.M. Clark, J. the Jedi Ross, Ross Jedi. J. it is always, it is so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies here with me in the Smoking Pod studio. And tonight we're live. We're coming to you live from Facebook, as is everyone else and their mother. It seems that Zoom is taking over the world, so I've decided to jump onto that ship and go for a ride. Joining me on the ride tonight, the team behind Ogre, Ogres, and some more ogre stuff. It's Bob, Sally, and Sean Daly. Hello, kids. Hey, hello. How's it going? Hey, hello. Hi. Hello. You guys are all <laughs> quarantined excited, eh? Is that what's oh, yeah. going on here? Pretty How are you guys coping with your self isolation? Starting to get used to it, <laughs> to be quite <laughs> honest. Like, it was aggressive. Like it was um, just going from zero, like sixty to zero, and uh, you know it was just like, what do you do with yourself? And you feel like you, you say to yourself, like, I'm going to get some shit done, and and then you just end up sitting on the couch watching Tiger freaking King nonstop. <laughs> and it was just really, like, it actually, it was just really difficult to get motivated to do anything, like any kind of writing or, you know, just even like being on Facebook was very, um, it was very saturated because I think everybody's like, we're home and yeah, yeah. I, I'm not connecting with anybody. So I'm going to go Facebook live. I'm going to, you know, just do all this stuff. So it was even like there, I don't know if we heard that, but. It's been a weird thing where the first week um, kind of turned me off being involved. Yeah. You right. know? Yeah, right? Like, because I'm used to being one of the mouthpieces, you know, and there's some of us who, you know, put our stuff out there, you know, audio stuff quite often or are pushing stuff or promoting stuff and using live video. And then this happens and it becomes everyone's norm of communication and everybody just decides to go crazy with it. And it really, it, it did. The first week I had no desire to do anything, to pod, to get online. I was just like kind of soaking it in and letting everything settle out as far as the landscape online. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was the same for me with artwork, actually. Like I just, the first week I was like, man, I'm not doing anything and I have so much to do. <laughs> like it just, it wasn't happening. That surprises me. Even you, even it, even me, you, it got me. Joy in your heart got to a point of meh. <laughs> it got me good. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, and the kids, and uh, you know, it's. I mean, we keep having these conversations, obviously, over and over again. But it, it's just the uncertainty of it all, you know. And, yeah. And I think we're all just trying to sort through it by having these conversations and and just try to get some kind of gleam on what the future might look like i mean they're already talking about maybe we should never shake hands again <laughs> like we should just be a species that doesn't shake hands and go straight to the vulcan sign like do we really evolve to vulcans at this point like it's nuts you know That'd be awesome yeah i mean i'm all right with it yeah <laughs> it is it's it's starting to become like a whole new and i, I remember like thinking like when you would see images of you know, different countries and you'd see people walking around with face masks like it was normal. But if you saw that here in the United States, you'd be like, that would be weird. And now it's like, if you see people, like I was at the grocery store and I didn't have a face mask on and I felt like people were looking at me like, what's wrong with you? Like the grocery store is the weirdest place right now. It is. It's this (laughs) weird vibe because the social, the social isolation, not only has it separated us, but it's turned the world into a library. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody is being so quiet. Like, yeah. even though we have to be two feet apart, we're acting like we have to ignore each other and, and, and keep a hushed tone and not disturb anything. And I was, I was in line at the grocery store the other day and I noticed this and I was like, we're all being like so polite and reserved. Even for Canadians, we're like being really like, <laughs> like really in our place. You know what I mean? Because we do cues well, like cues are very important to Canadians. It's part of our culture where, you know, People do not bud into lines here. It does not happen. I mean, Sean, I'm sure you can attest. Like, it doesn't yeah. happen here. Yeah, yeah, not really. And it is much more uh, polite, which I love. I, I love it. <laughs> Wait a minute. A Canadian loves people being polite? And how can, how can the level of politeness in Canada go up? 
yeah depends well, depends where you be i guess i mean yeah. i've got the hamilton point of view and it's just this hushed terrified tone it feels like right now you know there's quite a few cases in this area but also i mean the states every state is handling it so differently like that's the one thing about canada is we are we do kind of have this unified thing going on where you know nobody's hating on the prime minister really right now um, most people are feeling good about how things are being handled um, the way things are set up, I think Canada should be okay for at least four months, which I know is not going to be the endurance of this entire pandemic, but is a lot, you know, feels a lot safer to me than getting my 1200 bucks for a month and not knowing what the fuck's going to happen the next month, you know? So I think here people have, have taken a more uh, into it, like they've just settled in. I mean, I don't know if you're finding this, Sean, but I'm really finding that people are just really accepting that this is going to kind of be the new normal for a while. Yeah, people uh, are. Uh, the city's maybe a little different because, you know, we still have like a good amount of people out and about. Like, you you know, if I pop my head out, I'll see a ton of people out on the street. Uh, and, you know, that that's kind of not good. But for the most part, everybody's hunkering down. And it's just been like, yeah, this is it. Well, the hard part is everybody wants to get outside. Everybody wants yeah, to go for their now. walks and everybody wants to, uh, you know stay fit and not go insane like how do you right. battle like it really does scare me when i think about what could i really go the next year without seeing anyone i know yeah like like is that something we're going to be able to handle if we get to that point you think society is just like fuck it let's just get it let everybody go <laughs> let's just let it take out who it's going to take out as horrible as that sounds like yeah well either that or we all start purging and having yeah. one day a week where we can just all fucking go nuts on each other you know what i mean <laughs> um and and also Thanks, our Chuck. industry, like like the comic book industry. Wow, does this throw things into you know a whirlwind of madness? Oh, um, what a segue! <laughs> the cool thing has been though the support I've been witnessing um, right out of the gate, especially creators supporting creators. And the creators are the ones who have nothing right now, or probably don't have much coming in. All the fucking shows have been taken away, you know, and uh, like it's a beautiful thing. The source point auctions, it's been incredible to watch those. Um, and I know that people are going to, they're starting to have to try different tactics and different techniques because it's going to be a whole new digital world. Right. <clears throat> I know source point has been experimenting with a few things uh, and some things surprisingly uh, have worked out incredibly well that will probably always be part of the system. Now um, just things we'd never addressed before. You know what I mean? Um, has this changed your guys' outlook on how you're going to keep going forward? Or right now, are you just kind of plugging along, keep making what you were making and, you know, kind of see how the tides turn? I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's um, like you said, like, I mean, people are, people aren't going to stop reading. Uh, there's, it's, you know, people are going to adapt to the environment. So um, I have projects and, you know, Sean has projects that are going on and, uh you know, you're not just going to stop working on them because of this. Uh, you know, you're going to keep moving on and you're going to keep finishing it because you have a love for the project. You have a love for, you know, what you're doing. Uh, so, so yeah. So, I mean, I've, you know, I have three different projects that I'm working on and that I'm finishing and they're going to, the uh, Broken Gargoyles is going to be solicited in Diamond probably at the end of this month. Okay. So how is and, this working? How is this working? Like it's I don't know. I don't know. That's, the, that's the thing. I don't know. Long, but the shops aren't open and nothing's getting sent yeah, to them. I don't know. But Why that's like, they'll take the solicitations. I don't yeah. get it. Just well, in no, hopes that by the time it's ready, that it's supposed to come out. Like, are we just, um, are we, are we kind of, it's, is it like the restaurants who are really banking on uh, gift certificates right now and gift cards to try to get them through to that money is used later, you know? Yeah. Like, and I, and again, like, that with diamonds I, I mean, it's a great question because I don't know. Um, yeah, you know, know we are, any, <laughs> we keep asking unanswerable <laughs> questions. None of us have any idea what's going on. Yeah. So I guess we just keep plugging along. Right? You know, but, uh, you know, as, as co the people in the comic industry know, you know, um, diamond put announced that they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be distributing to, uh, comic shops and that there's a plan in place and all that. So a lot of us creators are like, okay, so I got things that are coming out, but it doesn't sound like they're coming out. And you know, your publisher is telling you like, no, we're, you know, we, we still need to get the covers. We still need the info because it's, you know, we're sending the solicitation to Diamond and you're like, okay, it's just well, blind faith. It's interesting to see the numbers soon. I'd like to see how, uh, if the digital numbers do rise. 
Yeah. I want to see if that happens. I want to see if people, since they can't get their actual books, do they just forego getting any books or are they going to switch over to digital? Because that, you know, that can lay groundwork for, you know, some sort of structure in the future where perhaps comic shops, as boutique as they already are, become even more boutique, like vinyl shops. You know, like comic books yeah. are almost looked at like the vinyl industry. It becomes even more niche to pop culture, you know, like right. it, 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 something could go along that way, you know, which, you know, but I mean, there's the toys too. There was all the toys and the games and the this and that, if the shops were just allowed to open, but I mean, they, they can't. So again, well, and I, mean, moot like, point. I hope yeah. everybody's enjoying all the moot, mootly pointed conversations right. that we're having tonight. So maybe yeah. we just get on to other things. You're talking about the work that you are continuing to do. And the two of you have come together for yet another installment of the ogre verse tell us about it well so we you know we did ogre uh, in 2018 sean was nominated for a ringo award for the art that he did with that and that's right very proud of that and then in 2019 we finished uh, ogres which was the second installment of the ogre verse and i just feel like i'm a i'm a you know a purist and if you're gonna do two and you got to do three. <laughs> you know, it, it drives on trilogies. Right. Like you have to have a trilogy. So I was like, all right, well, you know, what are we going to do next? And, um, you know, I, I sent Sean some notes on what I, I wanted to do next. And, you know, you have ogre, you have ogres. And then I figure like we'll have the ogre. And um, the notes that I, you know, the, the notes that I sent Sean was kind of making it a little darker. And, mm-hmm. You know, Sean is the D and D master in this uh, in this marriage, so I blindly just trust him to guide me. And in Ogres, you know, Sean, you know, we came up with um, I did a lot of research, like checking out the different characters that are in D and D, and I loved, you know, the the kind of like the evil cleric and the Death Knight. So I thought like it'd be cool to have like a little origin story to the Ogreverse, and I obviously so Sean going to be a prequel. Uh, so, I mean, Sean, like I sent Sean my notes. I haven't read Sean's notes yet, so we'll see what he thinks. But, you know, again, like it's a, it's an awesome collaboration that Sean and I have. Um, you know, we've talked about this several times on your podcast and, um, you know, I'm never, I never have anything written in stone. You know, if I throw bounce ideas off of Sean and he comes back with me with something, you know, I feel like a lot of times, like it's great work and, so, you know, we kind of just go with it. And uh, yeah. so when we, when Sean, when I let, hear, read Sean's notes, you know, I'm sure that uh, it, he'll add, you know, a lot of, a lot of color to it. Well, what I'd like to do, sorry, and we're just going to talk shop here for a second, Jay. Uh, what, no, please. This is awesome because this people, this gives people insight to the process. This is pretty much how it goes. You guys hook up and you, 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 you work it out. Your brain's. Yeah. Like it's all just a conversation really. So right. what I'm thinking is, uh, taking the ideas that you sent and then uh, using uh, the ogre as kind of a way to have fun with our own version of fantasy storytelling tropes, right? So uh, in Lord of the Rings, you have the fellowship. There's an elf. Yeah. There's uh, a wizard. There's halflings or hobbits and uh, uh, a dwarf uh, and a human, right? Like that's kind of always been... That's the, the thing. center yeah. <laughs> of the fantasy party, right? Even in D&D, like it's just a mishmash of races, of these awesome fantasy races. Uh, it would be fun to do that, I think, in this, uh, in this story that we're trying to tell and like play around with the idea of the party and their relationships with each other. But also, I've never seen a really cool fantasy story that focuses on a party and has an ogre in it. You know, like that might yeah. be something that we could uh, play around it's with. It's just true because the ogres are always the mindless, you yeah. know, except for, the, of course, the whole Shrek thing. But I mean, it was Shrek that first kind of turned that whole idea on its head of, of mindless, dumb ogres, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like they're always kind of the brutes or the, uh, you know, the uh, they're not usually that smart. So, if, right. you know, it would be fun to take one and play around with the idea of it being, you know, uh, a standard fantasy hero in a way. Yeah. No, I mean, then that's the, like, again, like that's like the, the process that is so much fun about collaborating when you have an artist that is, that loves the project and adds their, you know, wisdom to it rather than, you know, like when you're working with, and I think it's as you progress through this industry, 
um, working with artists such as Sean or like Ken Perry or Stan Yak, they, they don't just sit there and say like, I'm going to blindly, you know, follow you into this. Like I'm going to add, you know, what I'm going to add the things that I think would be really cool with this. And that's what always makes the story better. So, um, no, I mean, I love that. And like the, and it fits for, you know, what we've been trying to do with this Ogreverse and, and it was half awesome. The fun, I think, half the fun of watching the Ogreverse grow has been watching you learn about fantasy and D&D and all this <laughs> right. stuff, Bob, because it totally wasn't your wheelhouse. No. Let me just say here quickly, though, because uh, I actually finally uh, just caught up on some comments as people are, are talking. Uh, Brian Yancey is talking about uh, how he donated some art to Freak Show Comics in Niagara Falls. Uh, Amy and Keith, uh, they're doing some online auctions uh, and hoping it helps them out, which is very, very true. Tons of online auctions are going on right now. And Freak Show Comics is a humongous supporter of Source Point Press. So, uh, you know, follow them on Facebook as they're doing their auctions along with Source Point doing their auctions as well. Jason Ward, uh, perhaps number one fan of this show. Uh, he's saying how missing shows and free comic day hurts. But uh, he's hoping to get some momentum going on creating some new stuff. And uh, he's of the mind of taking this time and trying to use it, uh, you know, productively. Richard Pace is watching. Hi, Richard Pace. Hey, Richard. Oh, Mike. Hey, Richard, that puppy. R- Richard went out and got himself a new puppy. Sean, you see Richard's puppy? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that not the cutest? I yeah. don't know if the what's cuter, the puppy or Richard with the puppy. <laughs> I, really, I don't know what's cuter. Um, so, yeah, sorry, I just wanted to make that point here that, uh, you know, so many people are trying to support right now, and it's just a fantastic thing. Um, so people keep on doing it, please. But, Bob, as I was saying, yeah, like, it's been fun to see you kind of, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, and Sean's and- been such a good teacher. I mean, I think one of the best moments that Sean and I had collaborating was in Baltimore last year, um, sitting at the bar. And we came up with the ending. He's told the story before. Yeah, yeah. but it's like, you know, but it was awesome. Like we were sitting there drinking whiskey and <laughs> both of us just going back and forth. We came up with the, you know, and, and as like he's saying things and I'm saying things, we're both like, that's it, you know? And then yeah, Sean, yeah. Sean said it best. He was like, you know, the, the girl Miyaka, she was like, he was like, it's awesome. Like she, this is her story. Like, and I didn't even know that when we started it, like, I don't think either of us knew, like this was her story. And by the end, it was like, just obvious and so it was just a lot of fun i mean being in baltimore you know doing what we were doing like it was awesome yeah. that was the first time that sean and i were actually you know working a booth together and you guys so are great. one of those combos i mean it's not super rare but uh it's a little bit rare when two people just get together not necessarily just work out being good friends but that the the working relationship is just so easy like it's obviously so smooth and so much fun for you guys oh, you know like it's well, Sean's, like, from a Sean's easy to work with you know you just let them go you like it's like you wind them up and you let them go <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome uh sean you're a big pokemon fellow <laughs> yeah. as well as a D fellow and mississauga artist megan huang i saw her post a piece that she did today of you and your pokemon how awesome was that <laughs> eh? oh my god i lost was that it. just out of the blue or yeah are you we, guys uh, been playing together or are you both guys just both fans together at uh, the december show uh down at uh, here in toronto i was walking around and i i saw her ran into her and ended up just talking about pokemon for a little bit and you know other like anime and stuff and yeah we just happened to have a lot of that stuff in common so uh i know that she was looking to draw some pokemon uh and you know that just came out of nowhere i was just like oh my god i can't believe like it was so cool it was such an awesome drawing it's very sweet of her to do yeah it was very neat. people just bust that and it's a good time for that i'm seeing a lot of like surprises you know and yeah yeah and it was a very beautiful thing i was talking last episode i was sending my condolences out to our uh, very often our co-pilot and very good friend Sam Noir on the passing of his Labradoodle, Jay. Uh, Jay was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful dog. Um, and I must have seen nine or ten different tribute pieces by friends and people. Like, I mean, my dog passed earlier or earlier in the year or late last year months ago and you know i got some drawings from people and some sweet stuff but sam got an outpouring of drawings of his dog did you see all those 
It was awesome. Oh, it was, it was incredible. So there was just yeah. a huge album of like like beautiful, sweet pictures of him and his goddamn dog. Everybody pulled a Jay Fosgood <laughs> on that one. It was, very, yeah. it was very, very sweet. Now, you both, uh, as much as we're going to talk much ogre, you both have individual other things going on separate from each other that I am also very, very excited about. Um, Bob. Well, so, start with Sean. I mean, Sean's so, got big news. All right, we can start with Sean too. <laughs> Sean's got lots of big news going on now. Yeah. Sean, you have been to our from our perspective, you've had this gig going on, and this gig's been going on for a long time. You've been working on this gig, and I know you've been excited about this gig, and it's a pretty you know it's a pretty cool gig, but you've been pretty nonchalant about it. Mm-hmm. And what's going on with it? Now that a few more pieces of information have leaked out into the internet, holy shit, this looks amazing. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I do. Yeah. What are we talking about? What is this big thing? What's it called again? The big thing that you've been commissioned to do, the the big project. I'm sorry it's, I'm blanking on the title. It's, it's probably better place if thinking about the same yes, thing. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. This is the thing you've been kind of casually mentioning for like – a year or so, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I started it looks it looks incredible. Tell us about it. Thanks. It's uh, written by Dwayne Murray, who's a TV writer here in Toronto. Very, uh, he's a great writer, and he approached me about this in 2017, and he pitched me the idea. Uh, it was about a young boy kind of learning about uh, death after his grandfather dies. His mother doesn't really know how to tell him about it, so he has to learn about it himself uh, on a, a very like heartwarming misadventure. And when he pitched this to me, I was just like, oh, my God, yeah, of course. But I was drawing Samurai Grandpa at the time, so I had to kind of put it on hold for a little bit. Anyway, I finished it last year, late 2019, and it got picked up by Top Shelf IDW. So that's going to be out uh, in a bit. I'll have a bit more information on that. That is awesome. Congratulations, man. That's yes. awesome. Huge Thank congratulations. You. That's yeah. so super exciting because – You've just been casually, like I say, mentioning this. I've been working on this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing. And where did I see something like recently? I actually saw some art. Did you post that or did somebody else post that? I probably posted that. I think, did you do like a, oh, I can finally reveal this post? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, okay, this looks so Sean Daly. It's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. It was was nice to be able to actually mention it. I've been wanting to do that for a while, but you know. Yeah. Well, it looks very cool. Congratulations again. I'm super excited to to see that when that comes out. Um, mm-hmm. And something else that I've been very, very excited for since I was allowed to read the first issue. Um, one of the very privileged few at the time. I don't know how many people you've slipped it into the hands to in the hands of since Bob, but Broken wow. Gargoyles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm excited about it. It's um, it's it's really cool, and you know, but it's one of those things where just like anything you do, you're just like, I hope it doesn't suck. <laughs> so, um, so doesn't suck. It yeah. is, you know, unless it's just a freak of a first issue being genius, and you just <laughs> so fall off the edge on the second one, it would be the worst drop in the history of comics. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that first issue was. And I've gone on about it, and I'm not going to sit here and just wax poetic about yeah. how amazing I do think it is. But, man, did you grow on this one. You you obviously took everything you've ever learned in comic books and sunk it into this super uber cool story, man. Yeah, and well, I mean, it was um, it was actually like research I did for another story that I did with David Hayes. And uh, the history of um, people that actually were – dubbed themselves broken gargoyles who came home from world war one with facial mutilations and um they didn't come back and fit into society that well uh and we were doing a story where it was like people after the civil war and when i did the research like i was looking to to have a character in there that was like that but when i did the research on it i was like actually that opened up a whole it's like it was like when you like go down like a web or like that down that rabbit hole of like how did i get to this web page and that why is it 2am kind of feels, <laughs> man um let me say right. hello to natasha stagmer out there hey Hi. natasha She's hey. saying hello to us matthew noel matt matt the man is watching um that's kind of feel how feels how it came out it's like i don't want to say mish like mishmash but it's it's a bunch of really cool ideas 
kind of stuck together, but in a really, really smooth way. It's It's got tropes and cliches and stereotypes yeah. and certain story things that we're used to, but you've managed to create this really unique original take on this whole apocalypse idea because it's not the apocalypse. It's well, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's very otherworldly. It's a very else worlds type story. You've yeah, heard. so it's a, it's an alt history uh, post World War One story where and and, mm. and actually you know like just like it, it would it would wouldn't serve us if we didn't actually drop his name. When I brought the idea to Travis McIntyre, he was like, "Why don't you turn that into a diesel punk story?" And it actually helped because it was like, how do you talk about something so horrible, but have it be, you know, have it not be as serious. So adding that diesel punk type vibe to it kind of separated the reality and the horrible reality of it. So you could tell the story. Uh, But then again, like as I went further and further into this timeline of like um, post-World War One, I just found like you just find like it was like a really horrible time and there well, was what, just... made, what was the original idea and thought on on focusing on that era and that that you know that world war ii genre well, you know uh, more, spray to mind well, you started finding wackier and wackier shit to well yeah exactly like it, it, yeah. i did like you know it was like um finding out about like these circuses that went around like back then and how like like these yeah that's such a <laughs> like combining this right and so and then the like having like like these people like that, that are broken gargoyles that um you know can't fit into society that once did and you know can't even like look at themselves in the mirror and see their own face it was like then finding out that circus element and like it's how like these carnival were, meets right. saving private ryan like mad max breaking bad meets <laughs> yeah. mad max so and then there's like the whole women's with move. a little tim yeah. burton even thrown in there yeah i mean part of the epicness is sorry i'll let you go on yeah is is Stan Yak's art? Oh yeah, like Stan, just he's, like I've always thought he's amazing. For years, he's been this hidden treasure that Sean, you and I have specifically we've talked about him for years on Twitter. Yeah, we yeah. discovered him a long time ago and could never understand why this guy wasn't working more and yeah. hadn't picked up, picked up. And now he's exploding. Now he's making comics with absolutely everybody, and everything he's doing is just slaying it. But this broken gargoyles, he's he's really. Like, cause I've never read anything of Stan's. I've only seen his art for years and I know he's an amazing artist. And this was the first time I actually saw him sequentially tell a story. And I'm just, I'm fucking blown away by what yeah. he was able to, you know, the way he was able to make your ideas become visual was absolutely insane. Oh, he did. Yeah. He did a great job. And we, we were, we were joined by Garrett Gunn. So as we're actually talking about Stan, Garrett yeah. Gunn. Yeah, so he uh, actually Garrett Gunn had a um, an anthology that he put together, and he matched me up with Stan Yak because he had worked with Stan Yak on right, uh, right, Fox right. Masters, and that's how Stan Yak and I started working together. So, Garrett, if you're still with us, thank you very much for that uh, introduction. Um, but yeah, it was just and like just finding out about all this different stuff. Like as I kept writing it, it was like finding out about you know the decline in the farming industry because. During World War One, like we were basically feeding like France, and then yeah, yeah. when the war was over, like they're like we don't need you anymore, and so there was you know foreclosures on farms. So it was just like all this stuff just started falling apart. And as a writer, and like Sean is an artist, but Sean is also a very talented writer. He can probably tell you too. Like when you're writing projects, like you have to do research, and when you start getting a passion, like when you start researching things and you start getting a passion for it you're like, I can't stop. So if Diamond's like, well, we're not shipping this book out. You're like, I'm still writing it because mm-hmm. I have a story now that I want to tell. And, you know, no matter how we're going to distribute it, like I want to finish it. So Check out, imagine one of those stories falling in your lap. Um, Sean, you're familiar with Scott Chandler. Mm-hmm. Bob, are you familiar with Scott Chandler? I know that, yeah. Eisner nominated uh, incredible Canadian cartoonist, right? Yeah. He did a book called Two Generals. I literally finished it maybe three, four hours ago. (laughs) This book is about two World War II, like, uh, commanders, uh, basically two generals. They're they're best friends from back here in Canada, and they go to war together, and they go through the shit all together. Now, the one guy, Law Chandler, is Scott's grandfather. So this entire graphic novel he made is a true story 
that has some of the most insane fucking shit in it that all came from his research, from researching his grandfather's letters, you know, army correspondence, all that kind of stuff. It's explained in the book. And it's amazing because he's a very, uh, the best way I can describe him is uh, Darwin Cook. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the most akin to his style, right? So he's yeah. that kind of stylized artist. Yeah. Yet, have you read Two Generals? I've read it. I have it on my shelf. There are points in that book where he is able to convey moments of seriously grotesque horror and the absolute worst horrors of war that you've ever thought of through Darwin Cook style cartooning. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like he's not just an artist; my, he's a cartoonist. It he's blew so my good. fucking mind the way he was able to do that. Mm-hmm. By the end of this book, I was literally in tears. The last three or four pages, I say, I was full of tears. And this was a book about his grandfather. A true story, and he the research that he because he talks about the research that he did in a couple of pages in the book. And, you know, just could you imagine going through this, you know, journey of researching World War II, researching your grandfather and it turning into like his story of the invasion of Normandy, his, his, his firsthand account of D-Day. And then, you know, turn it uh, just crazy, crazy shit. So it's just a bit of a coincidence that I finished that today. But <laughs> yeah. again, he took this World War II history and, and did it his way. And it's, it just, I did not expect to be so emotional like normally cartooning can get you but cartooning gets you in a more like uh you know soft-hearted place you know it gets you in the feels right it's kind of what jay fosgett does right it's not often jay can you know convey through cartooning a very horrific you know trauma you know traumatizing situation but chandler i bet that he could if he wanted he probably could if you set up the challenge yeah 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 it's uh yeah, it's just something about cartooning and especially his like a uh, Chandler's art style. Uh, like you said, it's very it's almost Saturday morning comic strip style, like uh, cartooning. Like it's yeah, it's very retro. It's very yeah. you know fifties esque. It's very you know uh, like uh, Dagwood, Blondie, yeah, yeah. almost kind of type stuff. You know, and but holy crap, this book! Please, everybody, go out there, support Scott Chandler, and pick up two generals. And yeah. he's also got Bix coming out which is a very cool uh, 1930s jazz story uh, that's his new work coming out. And I think I'm going to have him on the Zoom here too uh, soon because I, I, I hit him up today after this book and I was like, holy crap, dude, that was incredible. We've, I've got so many questions, you know, not even about the book, but obviously about the making of the book and, and about the research that he did and went through. I can't wait to hear those stories because it's got to yeah. be nuts. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's the responsibility as a, a writer. Bob, you can probably attest to this. It's like you have to to uh, do your research, even if you're not doing something historically accurate, you, you will still probably end up spending a good amount of time researching something if, if, uh, if the story need, like could use oh, it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, it, like, no matter what kind of realism you can bring to it, it's going to bring out the story better. Uh, not to mention, like, you're going to have people that are going to come at you and be like, that's not <laughs> historically accurate. Because you, know? yeah. you always have those people. But um, so you do, like, you have a responsibility, but you also, it just makes the story more authentic. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a part in the book where the soldiers, when they're, you know, storming the beach, a bunch of them have bicycles. And I'd say maybe a week or two ago, I happened to be watching some World War II video. I was just on a World War II, you know how you go down a history YouTube, you know, top 10 wars or whatever the fuck, right? And it was some YouTube video about the invasion of like Normandy. And it talked about that. And it talked about how they carried bikes to be able, once they got past the beach, they would jump on their bikes and try to go the rest of the way. And I was like, holy crap, they had bikes. And then Scott put that in the book which is something that he must have come across through doing research, right? The fact that they actually carried bicycles onto the beach at Normandy in yeah, case it, they got across. Yeah, because it's such a cool thing. I yeah, guess. yeah, it's, yeah. I saw that and I was like, oh, that's boss. That's boss authenticity, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Sure. It must be cool, Bob, when you're doing a, an alternate history type thing and getting to kind of play well, with yeah. reality. You can play with it. Time. Like, I'm a sci-fi guy, so yeah, like you get to play with it and – um you know, obviously, like having an artist like Stan, where I'm like, you know, draw New York, but you know, make it look just freaking like, you know, 
decimated. Yeah, like Blade Runner type <laughs> shit. Like, and we're gonna put 1924 in the freaking caption, <laughs> you know? So like, that's gonna blow people away. But and then right, but then again, like that's your establishing shot. People open the book and they see that, and right away they're like, okay, I know what I'm in for. Like, I'm in for history different. And and at that moment they're like, I'm gonna let go a little bit of reality. And that's a fun thing in writing it because you're like, I'm going to stick to reality and I'm going to stick to the facts, but I'm also going to go off the deep end a little bit. we all loved the alternate what-if comics when we were kids, right? We always love to see different kinds of things and, you know, so it's always fun. It's it's weird because you see Inglorious Bastards, right? And he changes history and you're like, oh. You kind of have fun with it in Inglorious Bastards. You're like, oh, that's cool. That would have been fun. Imagine if, yeah. oh, you know, sweet. He showed us how it, you know, we all wish it could have been. Yeah. And you don't really come out that emotionally impacted by it. You right. know, it's more of a cool idea to think about in an entertaining film. Then he goes and does Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Thank you. <laughs> and like, the end of that movie disturbed the shit out yes. of me, unlike anything he's ever done. Yeah, it was a little I whack. Mean, it's, it's, it's so hard because it was such a fun scene. Right. Like him taking, like him taking them out, that was superhero awesomeness. It was great. But the fact that it was a real thing that didn't go that way, it's right. so messed with my brain. I, I definitely, like... When he, like at the end, when Leonardo DiCaprio is walking up with Tate into the house, I'm yeah. just like, I'm like sitting there, I'm like, what did I just watch? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. And I didn't know how to feel about it because the scene before that, where they're just totally punching face and skull in, yeah. and then he's, I was just, like, it was just a roller coaster. And then I was like, like you said, you're just like, it didn't end that way. And you're just like, so did what? he do that because that's how he wished it would end and wanted to? I don't know. Or did, did he mean saying, to like, mess I, with our minds? Do you think he like did it in Inglorious Bastards? Let's ask like, the listeners. I don't think that hit them. Yeah. What do you all think <laughs> out there? Let us know. What you did know. you think of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Because Inglorious Bastards, it's almost like he was like, eh, well, it was a joke. I didn't it get was him like, enough. Yeah, I'm going to do a... it one more time and mess right. with actual history. And this time I'm going to disturb the shit out of you. Well, and I think with Inglorious Bastards, it was satire. It was funny. It was, you know... So I think it like we all accepted that, but you know, once upon a time in Hollywood, it kind of it didn't seem so satire. It seemed like, you know, it was a little weird. Totally <laughs> so. weird. So ogre is ogre's out. Ogre's out. Oh, um, <laughs> like, how are we working? It's out, this? It's out in store. Well, where it, are, it, the phys- are the physical books of ogre have yeah, been so, delivered to the shop? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was okay. delivered in January. So ogre's okay. is done. It's been distributed. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, you guys haven't collected it yet, though, right? No, we haven't collected it yet, and I think right. obviously because of this whole situation, um, rush to do so. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, um, I mean, we'll eventually do that. And then if we can do this, um, this other book, it would be awesome to have that done and then a trade and then, you know, just keep freaking milking it. And then like another <laughs> year, just have a hard cover of all of them collected in one. Um, just the, but it's the ogre bus, the ogre bus. Yeah. I like that. That's what we'll call it. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's, it's awesome that people have loved it so much and that we've gotten such a, a good uh, response from it. But again, I mean, like my, whenever I look at that book, like it's just always the experience of working with Sean. Like it's, you know, it was was amazing. I'm excited that you're kind of going to go in a little bit of a different direction. I love prequels. I'm a prequel guy, you know. Source Point Press just said, uh, let's skip them. So (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sure Josh, 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 that's got to be Josh Warner. Yeah, that's got to be Josh Warner. You've been doing a killer job on them, their auctions, buddy. Yeah, like, you know, you you're holding it through. You're holding it on. I see that it can get it can get tense at moments, but but you and Casey, you've been, you've been killing it out there. It's been exciting to see. Yeah, Devin, Devin's popping on the whole Source Point family. It's exciting stuff. Good. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I love prequels. I love seeing where other stuff came from, and I'd like to see you guys kind of playing with tropes that you know. Oh, definitely. Just to kind of mess with the story a little bit. But I have a feeling you guys are going to keep going past this ogre thing. You ever talk about doing anything else? Oh, absolutely. You know, Sean's <laughs> so day. Yeah, Sean no. gets three pitches from me a day. <laughs> one at 10, one at two, and one at eight. Exactly. No, um, but, you know, it's like, I know like Sean's busy and, 
it's I, I think it's one of those things like as you grow in this industry like when you're when you're new and you're starting off and you're like independent like you're like I remember like one of me like I was like I got five ideas and I'm just gonna start them like I don't even care like I'm not gonna do one at a time I'm gonna do all of them um but then like once you start working with a publisher and you realize like there's a lot of work in this like you're like you you're like I want to do one at a time <laughs> and uh and yeah, it yeah. seems to serve people best to kind of focus on one thing at right, least you know have one thing that is the focus even if you're working on other things there's got to right. be a central thing that is and know, i think for me project yeah like for me when we started Unless, doing, of course you're sean daly and well, you can have nine important projects going at the same time right yeah so when, <laughs> when sean and i started doing ogre like that was the first time that i put everything on hold like i was like i'm not working on anything else like i'm gonna focus on this book and you know, it was amazing. Like it was just, it was amazing writing it because like having that, like the book, having that full attention, I feel like made all the difference. So from that point on, I was like, I only want to work on one book at a time because it deserves the attention. So, uh, and it, and it, it just comes off better. So Sean, when are we ever going to see someone draw something you write? I don't know. That's a good question. You ever uh, thought about it? Has it ever I've come up? It, is it yeah. ever, you know, has anyone ever approached you and said, Hey, I'd like to draw something you write? Because like Bob said earlier, like you are, you are a hugely underrated writer. Actually, I shouldn't say underrated because anybody who does read your, your work loves it, but you know, it's just, it's kind of far and few between. A lot of people don't even realize, you know, that the whole bridge, you know, bridge builders creed is there and how much you've actually, you know, written into and stuff. Well, like so, the- one thing is like i just i have so much fun drawing like i don't want to <laughs> but you know, you're so good at it you really so, are like it's so much fun that it's honestly hard to come up with a, a story to write and then just be like yeah, somebody else can do it because i know what would happen i would write it and just be like oh i'm gonna draw this next year <laughs> and then i don't know it's i i so- Source Point Press just asked you, what style would you go for? Something very different from your own, question mark? Uh, as far as writing, I no. I would. I would branch out into something just like weird and, and odd. But as far as art, uh, no, I wouldn't. I'm having like too much fun working with the style that I'm working in. It's uh, just so much fun like painting and working on like physical pieces of paper. I actually thought about switching over to an iPad. Yeah. Well, that's, do you do it's funny because digital? no I all right so i'm glad you asked that because this is a good story ken perry and i are doing shelter division and right. we're looking we're we're, out, we're looking for a colorist so i said well let me ask sean and so i told i said to sean i was like listen i was like we're looking for a colorist to bring on for shelter division uh would you be interested in doing it you know do you are you interested in doing colors that aren't watercolors and he said I mean, I would do it. I would just charge you a lot more because it's boring. <laughs> so and I love that because he's basically like, I'm going to charge you to the point where you won't ask me to do it. <laughs> You're welcome to, though. <laughs> well, get it, right? I mean, but it was just a great, it was a great answer to a question where he's just like, eh, it's boring. Like, I like to do the watercolors. It's boring. Like, I'll charge you more. <laughs> and it's probably easier to do. Uh, a little, a little. <laughs> a little. It's what I know, you know, yeah, no. my, my, you know, my white branch out of I don't have to. And it's fun. It's a good time. Yeah. Um, Stan Yak, let me hop back to him for a sec, because there was something just that I did want to talk about earlier before I forget about it is um, how much he is working on. Are either of you able to keep track with what's been happening? Because I know he's got the books with you. He's doing work with uh, Greg Wright. Yeah, he's yeah. Well, I think he's, I, isn't he doing several projects with Greg? Right. Well, he's doing a book, uh, the monstrous um, Baba Yaga. Right. With right, Greg Wright. Right. Has that's been done already? Or is that? Yeah, that was not. But I think they're. Yeah, I think they're doing. It's. I think it's going to be three issues. But I could right, be wrong. Right. If, right. Stan Yak's um, slapping himself all over Source Point Press at this point. Eh? Yeah. No, he's he's awesome, and uh, and it, what's great is his style. Like you know, doing broken gargoyles and doing like it's almost like if you look at Baba Yaga and you look at broken gargoyles, like yes, it's the same artist, but he's he just brings a different level to both books. Uh, he owes me more monstrous witch hunt. So, Stan, if you're listening, Source Point Press, they are calling for you. Broke chin. Elbow coughing. Yeah. <laughs> he, like that. He's like, that's a good cough, even when no one's around. Like, you're the. 
You're so well, you know, here's the part. Here's the hard part about being uh, a, a pot smoker, and and still a bit of a cigarette smoker, is the fact that you have a smoker's cough, and sometimes you cough because your throat's full of crap, and yeah. everybody thinks that you're dying because you're dying of some deadly virus. But you have to literally be like, no, smoker, pothead, smoker's cough, really. Like, you know, I was at the grocery store doing like my two week, you know, buying stuff. And I, I remember I cleared my throat at one point and I just felt like everybody turned immediately and looked at me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was just like, just clear my throat. I'm good. Look at me. I'm spilling stuff all over myself. Derek Sterling just said the new Jay Ferguson Broken Gargoyles cover is sick. Thank you, Derek, for being so much supportive of that. I know that you bought the Stanyak cover, uh, variant cover. And yeah, Jay Ferguson, uh, did a. he's doing a variant cover for um black cape comics which yeah, has been yeah. a huge source point press supporter they um, have eh? there's yeah. it's, it's cool when the shops really you know they really stand out to the point like freak show like black cape like gotham central these are all shops that have just you know just absolutely been so behind source point for the past you know while now and right. it's so <clears throat> so cool to see and have built these relationships with these shops you know and through each other as well. I mean, Freak Show, Freak Show Comics, they kind of got to know Source Point through The Rejected and through Stan. Meanwhile, I live, what, 35 minutes from, from that shop, and I had no idea. So they get to know Stan Kanopka down in Philly, and he's supposed to do all this stuff with them, but then I can't remember what happened, but he couldn't get across the border. So I got to meet them at uh, Frightmare in the Falls, and, you know, so was able to connect through that. So it's cool that, you know, even through each other, we can get to know these shops in different areas and just keep keep the word spread and keep the grapevine like tight. You know what I mean? Right. And I think speaking of Stan Kanopka, wasn't was it is it this weekend that should have been um, the greater Philadelphia Comic Con? Was it next weekend? No, that should be happening uh, like right no, now. Last right? weekend. Last, was it last weekend? weekend. It was the third. Yeah. Um, Because I was very sad on Thursday night. I was sitting there and I just couldn't get over the fact that at that moment, I was supposed to be in Lee's Palace watching the Slackers Mm. perform live for the 27th time in my life. Well, you know, like when hopefully when all this passes, like just being out at a freaking bar and strangers are going to talk to strangers or they're going to stay the hell away from each other. It's go either way. I have no idea. So, Bob, you and I have to deal with certain things, having children. We've got to get groceries. We've got to wrangle these children. We've got to deal with the mothers of those children, whether we want to or not. These are the things in life that we have to deal with. Uh, sorry, Matt Noel says, good to see everyone. Keep on keeping on. Love seeing all the source point love and really look forward to seeing all of you again. Once normalcy returns. Absolutely, Matt. Um, so we have, you know, we have this certain life, Sean. Yeah. Just you and you, buddy. We're doing all right. Like, 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 how is it when you got no one else to worry about? No, no children's to have to feed. I just imagine Sean's like Linda Hamilton, like in a cage in (laughs) Terminator Two, just like just getting ripped. (laughs) I I picture Sean when he's asleep at night. He's still got his pencil in his hand and he's flipping it. He's doing while he sleeps. Just keep working. (laughs) If if no one told me there was a pandemic, I I wouldn't. <laughs> do I leave once in a while? Yeah, but you know, it's uh, I wouldn't know. I would have no idea. So that 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 makes me think like you're like uh, what's his name from Twenty Eight Days Later, where you just leave your house and you're just looking around and there's nobody in the streets. And you're like, what happened? <laughs> I got these books that I want to distribute. Where is everybody? Yeah, I'm like still showing up at the comic shop on that. <laughs> Sean of the bed. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. This is what happens. He walks away in the, in the destroyed rubble of Toronto. He's walking away with a soft bad religion song playing in the background. Yeah, oh, that's great. I, you know, it, it is weird though. Uh, like, the, if I have to walk around to like head over to the grocery store, though, like. People will cross the street if they see you on one side of the street. 
Yes. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm doing the same thing. Like if there is uh, people coming down on the side, I'll walk onto the road. Sure. Sure. Well, we have to, you know, we do have to keep a certain diligence up if we ever, ever want to get over this, but I haven't been into the city. What's the city like? Cause I'm out here in the suburbs and I'm in the city of Hamilton, which is nothing compared to Toronto. And yes, the, the roads are, you know, pretty dead and the streets are just, you know, people walking. And of course, everybody's seen the grocery stores and everything with the six people, you know, six feet distances and the lineups to get in everywhere. But I've seen certain pictures of Toronto where it literally looks like a fucking ghost town. Is some of that shit going on? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, some parts of it are. It's uh, it's wild seeing like Young and Dundas Square. It's like just nobody is there. It doesn't. It's just empty. That's like. It's so, so weird. Fucked like up, I've man. never, never, ever, ever, ever seen something like that in how many decades? And uh, even in my neighborhood, I mean, it's still like super, it's a quiet neighborhood anyways, but it's even more empty and it's, it just feels so impersonal to me. That's the biggest challenge that I've faced where, you know, you guys have it a more tougher than I do, uh, having to like be cooped up with like family and, and, and kids and like really, uh, having to spend way more time on stuff like that. But for me, the hardest part is just the anti, you know, I'm not a huge social person anyway. And so now, (laughs) like it's even less so than it was. So it's, you know, that's the, well, I don't know because in a way it's helped me having, like, I'm still working. I'm an essential worker. So I can actually get out of the house every day for eight hours and, you know, get my, a little bit of time out of here and having kids does distract you. You've got to feed them. So it keeps you regular. It keeps you making proper meals. It keeps you from getting lazy about eating like crap. And it keeps you going outside for a walk because you have to make sure that the kids get some air kind of thing. So it, it almost, you know, as much as it's, it, it can get on your nerves being cooped up with the same people for weeks. It's, 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 it's almost easier having the, the, at least some sort of habits, you know, some sort of routine, I guess. Right. Well, like this is, I guess the time to step up. Uh, and because yeah, if I was alone, I would fall apart. I would be in my <laughs> gitch all the time, eating pizza every night, just getting high and passing out. Like, <laughs> I really, I really would not be bothering with anything, probably, if I didn't have anybody to look after. I'd be like, <laughs> Would the pandemic change that, or would, you, would that affect you at all? I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you. It's, I don't know. It's everything's just too weird, man. I like, I've even like, it took me that first week to get back into podcasting again and stuff. And now it's like hard to talk about anything other than this shit going on because everything else seems so not important, even though it is still important to us. You know, we did talk some comic books just now, but it always seems to come back around because it's like, I don't know. What is it's like I said like, I mean, like dealing with it was it, so hard to be motivated to do anything when it first happened. Yeah. Because yeah. it was like it was like it's a snow day. And I don't know when that snow day is gonna end, but you're just it's like, I don't know, I'm in a snow day. So if you said like I'm not gonna cook, I'm gonna, you know, figure like we got frozen foods in here, we're gonna do that and you know, I'm gonna drink. <laughs> and uh, I i'm been, gonna i'm gonna binge watch shit you know but then after a while you're like ah man i better do something like i don't even have any clean clothes anymore i spent uh, last weekend on the backyard man i just raked i spent hours <laughs> raking and raking and i raked a bunch of piles of leaves and then i was like now what so i raked all of those piles into one big pile because i was like what the fuck do i do right well that would have been amazing if you would have got a leaf blower and blew them all back into your yard and be like, i would have oh, do it again you. tomorrow been like awesome i'll do it again tomorrow, tomorrow. Nice. Yeah. my kid like my i set up my kid's basketball net for the year you know like like refilled up the water and the base and all that shit and tightened up the bolts uh, and now when he come, he'll come downstairs and be like, Dad, can I play some? I'm like, yeah. And I get to run outside and move my car. I'm excited to go, have to go move my <laughs> car move out of the driveway. <laughs> oh, my God. It is. It's, it's, you know, and it's good. It's, part of it's good, like, where you think, like, you're, you're getting out of, like, you're not in front of the TV anymore. You're not, yeah, yeah. you know. I mean, I would love to, like, hear from a gamer. If there's any gamers, like, listening to this right now, I'd love to know, like, have gamers finally got sick of playing games? Not if not the nine-year-old ones, you know, or they're like a bunch of ninjas out there now. Like, no, the nine-year-old like, ones are are fine and dandy. I'll tell you that much, man. That's yeah. the hard part. It's not so much entertaining the kids; it's pulling them off the tech right now. Right, 
Like all the kids finished Fortnite. Like Fortnite is done. Like it's like everybody's, it's like they have like a great, you know, utopian society now because <laughs> they've all figured it, a better they've, world online. They've than all we figured are. it out. And it's like Fortnite is done. All right, we need a new one. I love that Sean Daly just got a call. Sorry, I got a call. <laughs> uh, give me one sec. <laughs> Sean Daly just got a phone call. He's like, I gotta go. Uh, he just oh, left oh. his apartment? Or is that the door to outside, you think? <laughs> it's the door to Narnia for all I know. Like, Jesus Christ. That was well, the I greatest would be thing ever. if he has this other room with like a Mork and Mindy type egg in it. And he's got a I don't know. Uh, his mom night. just waved. So it might be his mom. His mom just waved. How you doing, Kim? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. I had to take that call. Word <laughs> stuff going on. Here. Uh, got, some, got some Tim Hortons coming. I just wanted to buzz them in. Oh, the man, Zoom that's... thing is great, though. Like, how rich is Zoom going to be after all this? Like, oh, my God. You know, because I, I got onto it and I was like, hey, this is cool. I checked out the quality and I was like, it's really nice. I ran a cord from my upstairs yeah. to my basement. Uh, I happened to find a really, really, really long Ethernet cord because I was like the Wi-Fi down in the basement. I just don't want to have to trust it. So I'm actually like plugged in hardwired. And having that, I've been really happy because, you know, it records and then I can just put the recording out later as the podcast, right? Nice. On iTunes and stuff. But the, the quality has been really good, you know, not much lagging or anything like that. If you no, want to is- do... If you want to do this Facebook Live, you can go live on Facebook or YouTube, but you have to pay for the pro account. Which is twenty bucks a month, which isn't crazy, you know. I mean, uh, the the shitty thing about podcasting is all those little twenty bucks here and there all add up into a chunk yeah. of a couple hundred over every year. But uh, I've I've done this a couple times now. I, I did one with Jay Fosgit, and I did one with uh, Josh Hawks. We did a two J's on the Points of Interest page, and had a blast. Had a great time, and this has been a really fun hour that we've been sitting here chatting. So I think it's going to be worth it. I think we're going to be doing a lot of this going forward. And I like that I've got set up that I can kind of jump on here every time. This is the first time that uh, I've actually been able to keep track of the comments. I actually couldn't find them last few times I was doing this. So what comments are you looking at, Bob? I'm just looking at the ones that I shared on Facebook. Like Kim, uh, like on your watch party, right? Yeah, my watch party. I'm watching on that one. Yeah, right, right. So, because I have a watch party going on my personal page, which I apologize to anyone if you've been commenting or saying anything there, because I'm keeping track of an elegant weapons right here. Yeah. Uh, and Matthew Knoll says, absolutely great book idea, Sean of the bed. Um, Sean of the bed. Well, that's, that goes back to that old trope that I used to make, that joke. Uh, I always picture Sean Daly, literally, like his drawing bed, his drawing desk right beside his bed, him rolling out of bed onto the stool and just starting to draw. And then when it's all over, he kind of rolls back onto the bed. And that's just the the sun comes up and the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. And there's just pages, like, literally Everywhere. flying as he goes, you know, like an Edward Scissorhands cutting the, the thing type, you know, cutting the bushes type situation. <laughs> Look at I'm just sitting here going, the lag, it looks funny. <laughs> all right, kids. Well. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, yeah, man. For Thanks for hanging out, us. guys. I think this worked all right. Um, I wasn't sure how it would go having like a visual conversation and then it translating to the audio, but I think yeah. this will come out uh, just fine. So everybody, you can also catch this later on on uh, where all fine podcasts are found on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, or I guess it's not iTunes anymore, Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, and of course, an elegantweapon.ca. You can find Bob Sally where? Where can we find you all over the internet, Bob Sally? You can find me in my house. I'm not going to. Uh, you can just. Uh, yeah, I'm, here. I'm here. I'm here. Just, you want to talk? We'll Zoom. Yeah, um, yeah no, Facebook. Um, just Bob Sally. You'll see my ugly mug in there. Uh, Twitter, Bob, under, uh, Bob underscore Sally. And Bob Sally Comics on uh, Instagram. Do you like um, that I've joined the cult of running with you guys? I do. So that's like a that's a very Ken Perry, Dan Doherty, and uh, and Bob Sally thing. Like we're all we we all are out there running, and we uh, you know we like to post pictures of ourselves after we ran. I joined like, that party if I, today. If I don't I post a picture of myself 
running then it didn't happen yeah. and, uh, well, it started it was february and it was my birthday and i was like i am fatter than i have been in years and i was like approaching like 190 pounds and i was just not feeling it so i just completely you know that's when and then in february is when i did those three cons in a year in the month and i did uh michigan we did astronomicon and then i did uh fan expo vancouver and chicago c2e2 all three of those in one month. So I was like, okay, this is going to get the craziest, awesomest con year ever. After taking a year off of cons, I was like, 2020 is my fucking year. Started <laughs> off with three cons, right? And Boom. I started dieting while I was away because I didn't want to eat shit, you know, and eat bad. So I started eating better. And then I got home and I started, I go for a run at 5.30 in the morning. And then nice. I go for a run at 5 when I get home. Jeez. It's not super long. I only do like a half K, like... You know, I basically yeah, run so, up my really long street and back down to the end. So I get the heart beat up for 10, 15 minutes, and then I come home. So two months later, drop 17 pounds, feeling real good about things. So we'll keep that going. But uh, yeah. my, my super year of cons went away. Yeah. Like that. And uh, oh, so it was unbelievable. It's like, what else? You, you know, when, you, when Emerald City. Sorry, hold on a sec. This is very important. I'm sorry. I'm just saying this in the comments because I actually haven't met the individual. Uh, but Mr. Bill Beretta is watching us right now. Oh. And I have uh, I sent him a friend quest. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that name. Very, very good friend of mine being Jay Fosgett. You all know I'm a huge fan of the Muppets. And uh, I believe that's Pepe himself who's watching you guys right now. So that's, awesome. that's Thank you very much. Exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for watching, Bill. Uh, my favorite Muppets are Pepe and Rizzo, hands down. Mm -hmm. Animal. Animals good, yeah. I love yeah, animals. Yeah, used in the right way, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Pepe and Rizzo, especially Pepe, are just like, man. And but I mean, Babu Frick. <laughs> like, come on. Some of the miniature puppets, like the miniature puppets, are just like, oh. Bob doesn't like to respond to my messages. That's what Jason Ward's saying. Why aren't you responding to his? I don't messages? see any. I'm not. I don't. I'm not seeing his messages. He sat down and watched the entire. Or sorry, he listened to the entire run of this show, straight. Like um, thank you, Jason. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm retarded. Well, no, I mean, what? like every episode I've ever done, he listens. Well, Jason to Ward, I will. Months. Absolutely, I will go crazy. in and uh, I will because I. One of the things I will do is I will go into Elegant Weapon now, and I'm going to go through those comments. But um, I'm looking. <laughs> I'm like looking at the comments, I guess, that are on my watch party. Um, but before we leave. Sean Daly. Um, is, you he know, he we, means he DM'd you. You got to hook up. Oh, Jason's a really good guy, and he's very, very talented. So, Jason, keep bugging oh. Bob. Bob's just a little spacey. Just, he, he, you know. <laughs> I don't think he's, he's not gotten, familiar with you, he gets a little scared. Maybe you're DMing really the really wrong are. Bob Sal. You might be DMing my dad. Maybe that's what it is, because I don't have any DMs <laughs> from Jason Ward. Junior, eh? <laughs> yeah, and my dad's probably like, I don't know. How, I don't know. I got a freaking red five on uh, this app, and I don't know what to do with it. But, and of course, uh, uh, Sean Daly, you're all over the internet at Sean Daly. Yeah, that's it. Pretty yeah. simple. It's pretty and Sean Daly, uh, right now, the Ringo Awards are uh, up for voting. Absolutely. And Sean Daly is eligible kids. to be nominated for uh, Best Artist in... Samurai Grandpa. Yeah. So get on that. Super, and... super cool. Um, have you been playing a lot of D and D online? D and D online with people or not? Not really online. We've been playing a lot of. Uh, have you heard of Jackbox? It's like a, yeah. it's like a multiple multiple player party games where you just need your phone and like a computer. Someone streams their uh, like an app using Zoom or something, but everybody can, it's like a social party game that you normally okay. play all together. Right. In one room, right. But people have been clogging up the servers playing on Zoom. So uh, those have been awesome. Like so much fun. That's good. You know, we, uh, I ran into Christine uh, of, the, of the sidekick in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a whole bunch of deep water games here right now. Nice. Right. Like, and I was like, let's do a game night at the sidekick and we can show everybody how to play all our awesome games. Yeah. You know, blah, blah, blah. and then this shit ends. and now i've got boxes of amazing <laughs> board games and card games to play and i've got no one to play i tried to play one with uh declan the other night and if it's not a video game i'm having a real trouble getting him to just even pay attention to how it works right man the cycle is so good for something like that though that's like perfect that's perfect, perfect absolutely well well you know i'm still gonna try and make it happen once all this stuff hopefully clears up you know mm -hmm. so 
you know, very cool. Um, thank you everyone out there for hanging out. I've seen a lot of people hanging out here and on the other watch parties. I hope you enjoyed this. This is the usual way that an elegant weapon goes. Get together with some good friends, some amazingly talented creators, and we talk some shit. We see what's going on with their projects. Uh, and we discuss whatever the hell else comes to mind. Um, these two individuals, Bob Sally and Sean Daly, have been very good friends. Uh, they are family. They are source point family. They have been for years. So please check out all their stuff. And please, right now especially, support where you can. SPP, sourcepointpress.com. They're having some amazing auctions right now. And they're also offering a lot of retailer relief. Uh, yeah. They have lots of specials going on, lots of bundles where retailers are getting lots of percentage off. They're getting donations from percentages from other things. There's just, there's lots going on to help right now at sourcepointpress.com to help keep those brick and mortars going. They've been very good to us and we want to be good to them. So anything anybody can do, get the word out there, support your local creators. Uh, for all of us, you fellow essential fucking workers out there, you better be fucking shelling out a couple shekels here and there, a couple ducats for the kids, because if we're the ones who can actually still afford to live life like it hasn't changed, please don't forget the people that it has changed drastically for, um, because they got to eat. Like, seriously, think about that. People have to eat, and people are going to be worried about eating. Forget about all these jokes about wiping your fucking asses, okay? People need to eat fucking food. So if you can help, fucking help, all right? Um, other than that, Bob, Sean, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Love Thank you guys. guys. Thanks everybody for watching. Appreciate you guys, it. that's all we're going to have today, but we're going to get back at this uh, very, very soon. I got a whole bunch of cool shit lined up, but that is all we are going to have tonight on an elegant weapon. Take it ace. Oh.